You're listening to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast with Caroline Blair. Today I am joined by Scotland and Worcester Warrior scrum half Katie Mattinson. Great to have you in. How are you doing? How are you getting on? Let's start there. Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, super excited to be back up here. Um, really good few weeks of training and stuff and yeah, um, really enjoying it. What is it like wearing two hats? You've got your Worcester Warriors hat and then you're flying up here. So you're sitting, what, middle of the table at the moment? you know with the club and then you're coming back up here and you've got a different set of coaching staff that you're working alongside what's it like jumping between the two yeah like it definitely comes with challenges like they come go back to training on a Thursday night down there or something and say the wrong calls or whatever because you're trying to switch between the two but especially the scrum half yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and I have like quite a big leadership role down at Worcester as well so there's like um there's definitely bits that are quite difficult because there's a lot to manage at both ends but um it's actually quite refreshing like to go between two environments because you're constantly being challenged in different ways like it's really exciting to have like different ideas and like there's some bits they like oh that works really well at Worcester so that'd be that's a cool idea or vice versa so I actually really enjoy it I think it's I think it only benefits both that and especially because with the Scotland squad now we have so many people from so many different clubs that's so many ideas to bring into camp and like what works well and actually with the group of players that we have together which are the best bits that you can take from each that kind of help us drive on so yeah no it's it's hard work but it's good fun Um, I really enjoy it. I'm sensing from that that you're the type of player that actually really relishes a challenge and you quite enjoy pressure would that be accurate? Yeah definitely um I think I've been described by my teammates quite a lot as being a bit of a nose. So, oh, I love it. Um, we I love a nose on the podcast. Yeah, I, I love the detail. I love rugby. I like will watch like from as much rugby as I possibly can and learn as much as I possibly can from as many different like sources and stuff. So yeah, um, the challenge aspect is yeah really fun. That's the bit that like gets you going, isn't it? I think that's for for me a big reason why I play. I like to be out of my comfort zone and I like to be pushed. So and do you do that from an enjoyment point of view, or because you feel you need to do it to develop as a player in terms of watching rugby? Yeah, both. Like yeah. there'll be sometimes you sit down and you're like, right, I'm really going to look at how that scrum half defends, or I'm really going to look at um, where space opens up in this situation. Or that sometimes you just like, to be honest, with the men's Six Nations stuff that we've just had, like I watch the Scotland games purely as a fan like because oh, I, okay. I love rugby and mm-hmm. um, my kind of first engagement with rugby was my dad bringing me up to Murrayfield to watch Scotland Wales or and Scotland France we watched um, here like when I was tiny and others going back and watching those always every year the Six Nations comes around it reminds me why I love it and why I loved it back then so yeah there's a bit of both in there. And do you find it in beneficial to your game to watch both men's and women's rugby yeah for sure like they're definitely different um undeniably was um but that doesn't mean you can't learn from both and that you can't appreciate both yeah as well so in terms of your own rugby journey then let's go rewind the clock back quite a bit because uh, there's quite a quite a fair bit to unpack with you <laughs> katie but starting off so you started getting into rugby what about seven Is yeah that right, when you'd moved down to northumberland by that point yeah exactly um i uh, played a little bit of tag rugby at school um, really enjoyed it actually just loved getting muddy thought that that was the funniest thing ever when I was <laughs> at primary school and rugby was a good excuse for that um, but the more I started to enjoy it my dad was like um, do you want to go down to rugby club and try some full contact and I was like um, and I was probably like 10 or 11 by that point point. Um, 
so he took me to Tyndale Rugby Club, which is where he played all his rugby as well. So that was really cool. Um, so and that's where I stayed for the next uh, seven years or so. Um, and played minis with the boys. Like I was the only. It wasn't a boys team. It was a minis team, but I was the only girl. Um, but kind of always loved it, and they always made me feel quite special in that group. And there's some of the boys now that still will send like a message to see like how I'm getting on and um, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was cool. I think that's what's great about rugby, isn't it? The connections remain yeah forever, pretty much, don't they? Um, from there, you represented. England at international level before you represented Scotland through the eligibility law changes yep. when they came into force in 2022. So seven caps for England. Talk to us about that decision, What, how you ended up starting off by playing for England initially. Um, to be honest with you, it never really felt like a decision. So like playing my rugby in the northeast of England, I got the opportunity to play for my county, which you don't really think about. It's really cool. Like my dad had played for Northumberland. Like that was a like nice honor to have and like for that to be a family thing as well so you do and then like you just I just started getting through the pathway without really ever thinking about it I loved rugby and I wanted to be the very best I could be but it was never like uh I'm gonna go and play for England until I was probably uh like a bit older like 15 16 and like that that pathway started to be spoken about and I went to Hartbury College when I was 16 and was coached by Danielle Waterman um, and that was like a really pivotal two years in my life um, a lot happened on and off the pitch and um, I kind of realised then that I wanted to be the absolute best I could be and I knew that by being at Hartbury I was giving myself a shot at that and then when what, I was what, 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 what drives that at that age because it's 16 17 to know and to have that clarity that you want to be the best were you just very clear about that mindset? Was there a, was that just a focus that you were you were determined to succeed with? I think so. Um, I have a twin sister, um, and we were like both super competitive, like probably painfully so. If my parents, uh, like for both my mum and dad to like deal with us like competing over literally everything, but rugby was the only sport that I did that Hannah never did. Um, and she went on to be really successful in dance, which I never did. And the girls will absolutely vouch for the fact that I've never <laughs> gone anywhere near dance. Um, but I think like I w it was just the sport that I felt like I, I could be the best at. And um, I really enjoyed it. The You kind of touched on the community that rugby gives you. Like it was where I felt my best. It was where I felt my most confident and happiest as a, as a kid. And like that's something you gravitate towards and it was like I want to spend as much time in that environment that makes me feel good as I possibly can and yeah rugby gave me that and um, particularly Hartbury when I went down there and it was the first time that I'd met like other players like girls who felt the same way like I was in a school class with like Abby Brown, Sydney Gregson, Millie Wood these are all players that like Lucy and I all played for England and gone on to so like it was an incredible environment to be in so we drove each other and yeah I kind of just knew. At that elite environment already almost in an academy context yeah kind of which was pretty unique like it was definitely the only place I knew of at the time that was doing that and um Nolly like Danielle Waterman was like unbelievable at like making sure we got the people thing right first and our schoolwork came first but that actually like created an incredible culture in our rugby group as well so seven caps for England yeah and then as we say, you were able to, you were eligible to play for Scotland yeah. when the laws changed in 2022. Yeah. How did that situation come about then for you? Um, so you probably have to go like a bit further back to beyond before the England stuff. Like growing up playing rugby, like I said at the start, like 
coming to Murrayfield was my first rugby experience and I watched and wanted to play for Scotland men because I didn't like didn't even occur to me that there would be a Scotland women's team I was just like that looks really what fun I want to <laughs> go and play on that pitch with those players and represent Scotland I was as a kid really proud to be Scottish um like a lot of my best memories are as a child are my mum and dad bringing us back to Sky and back to the Isle of and spending time doing outdoor ed activities essentially so I always really resonated with like Scotland and was really proud of this beautiful part of the world that my parents had made sure that we saw a lot in the summers and stuff um so yeah that was always there that like passion for Scotland was always there but I got caught up in the England pathway and you know what I learned I learned a huge amount from that and I had some good experiences and some less good experiences as well um but it wasn't even like a second thought when it came out that I could have the opportunity to change and could could play for Scotland if like if Brian wanted to select me like I was straight away put my hand up it there was no hesitation like I absolutely knew that I would want to be really passionate about that and um I knew of a few players uh, I played against Rona and Nelly and Tomo um and like knew that they were really good people as well and I thought like that's a group of people that I would like to play with and like to get to know and um yeah I every day since I've felt incredibly lucky that I got the opportunity. And who let you know that you were getting the opportunity? Was it Brian? Did he phone you? Did you get an email? How did it work? Play um, out? So I actually pushed it first. So <laughs> I um, spoke to Joe Yap at Worcester and I said, look, I think this rule change makes me eligible for Scotland. And she was like, yeah, and? <laughs> and I was like, no, I would like to, I'd like to find out if that's something I can do. Like I would be really excited about going into that environment. And she said, OK, like, I actually got on really well with Brian. I'll give him a call. And then I think he rang me the next day and said, like, look, we'll like to have you look at you in training. Come up, um, come up to Scotland in January and um, we'll see how you go. And, and that was it. Like, I was um, loved it. The environment, the girls are incredible because they didn't have to be welcoming. <laughs> Someone who played like seven times for England, I'd played against Scotland um, in the Six Nations in 2018. Like, they had no reason to be lovely and they were and um we spoke a lot about our whys when we were away in New Zealand and um I there's no like more powerful thing for me than the sense of belonging and instantly the girls gave me that and like I actually like feel quite emotional about it because I like just knew this is where I was supposed to be um and they're an amazing group of people and yeah a lot of love for them you can really see that I can really feel it from you as well coming through that 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 family unit that you've got within the Scotland women's setup. When you did first come in, you must have got a wee bit of stick as well, did you? Oh yeah, <laughs> of course, absolutely. I remember uh, giving Jade Conkle and Retty a lift to some food, like dinner or something, um, and they were like, "So, uh, you played for England?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> and um, like just like a bit of banter, like is all been really good natured and um, they like stitched me up while we were in Dubai um, and got me to say like loads of Scottish place names and stuff but <laughs> the, the girls from Hoyk are very proud to be from Hoyk that's what the borders lot are all like and they'd spelt it wrong so I was like they were like did this video piece where they showing me this Hoyk spelt wrong and I was getting it wrong and wrong and wrong and they're like got so much stick for this and I was like it's because they spelt it wrong I knew how to say it but they were just like <laughs> I was set up I was yeah, set up <laughs> but they don't no, I still to this day don't think they believe me <laughs> it's like it's a really good group though isn't it yeah. and it's and how important is that for you you know you've got uh you've got a busy schedule you've got Worcester Warriors you've you've got as you say a leadership role down there how important is it for you that you enjoy your rugby when you're up here and down there 
Yeah, 100%. It's like super powerful, isn't it? Like, I I think a big part of why we all play is because we want to inspire people. And if you're inspiring them to do something that you don't enjoy, then what's the point? Like, um, and actually I think that the best bits about rugby are the community, are the people, like the way that it can empower you. And um, yeah, that this group certainly does that for, for me more than probably any I've ever played with. So yeah, it's a huge privilege. When you're talking about as a wee girl watching the Scotland men play in the Guinness Six Nations and looking up to them and aspiring and saying, I want a piece, of, I, w- I want to be out on that field. Now that you are able to do that and you are representing Scotland in the TikTok Women's Six Nations coming up as well, how does it feel for you to have come full circle and to think about that wee lass that was in the stands at a packed out BT Murrayfield Stadium so many years ago? Oh, I'm hugely proud. Like there definitely was that sense of ambition from a young age and um, yeah, it's incredible. Like I left my high school at 16 and said to my PE teachers, I'm going to be a professional rugby player and it didn't exist. And now that's my job. Like that's like the coolest thing ever. Um, And hopefully it means that like when girls say that to their PE teachers now, they don't scoff and go, yeah, all right, Katie. Like now it's now it's a real dream and that's super cool. And I hope that we can start to influence as many people as possible because even if you don't play for Scotland, if you don't play for your country, you get that sense of community and that sense of like um, belonging in your club or your school or whatever it is that like rugby gives you that really safe environment where you can just be yourself no matter who you are. Like the more people that we can expose to that, in my opinion, the better. I think it's... Um, like, I think it's super special. I'm getting a real sense that you're also aware of how important this is and the time that you're playing in. Yeah, I think so. So I, before my professional contract, I was a community rugby coach in Worcester. Um, so my job was to go into the schools and clubs in our area. And um, it, like, I always knew it was powerful. But then when you come away from schools and then you get an email from a teacher a week later to be like, oh, so-and-so who usually misses x amount of classes a week or doesn't turn up for school has been in every day and they've spoken about your tag rugby session or um their behavior is really good because we've said that if they want to do your rugby session on a thursday then they have to be this well behaved during class and stuff so you start to like get a sense of it and that was incredibly powerful to me um coaching's like one of my ambitions beyond my career and I got the community coach job, not because I was that passionate about the community stuff, but because I wanted to coach at a higher level. But then it gave me so much joy to go into schools and like see these kids like light up when you get to tell them that you play rugby um, and then get to run around with them and like make an actual difference and see that on their faces and stuff is real cool. And to, to see that change in them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that sounds like a great job all around, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I loved it. And it's actually, um, it's something that I'd like to continue doing like as a, alongside playing as well like yeah well you've tapped into it there too obviously we've got a long time before we need to worry about this as a Scotland uh, women's fan but you mentioned coaching yeah is that that is something then for you that's a focus focus for you for life after rugby yeah for sure um like I already mentioned that I'm a bit of a nose like I really (laughs) love the game and I'm really fortunate at the minute I'm working um at Starport High School they run uh what's a dice program which is a diploma in sporting excellence for rugby so like 16 17 18 year old boys who come into the school to 
do their academics alongside like a rugby coach, so equivalent of the program that I did at Hartbury, mm-hmm. um, and that Ryan and Frankie, the coaches that run that at the minute, are brilliant. So like I get to go in every every week and like really look up to them as coaches, but also get to work with a really lovely group of boys who are really ambitious, and it's it's nice to still have that. Um, alongside playing otherwise I think I'd probably be a bit of an overthinker um but yeah that's my ambition beyond playing is to kind of continue that and see see how far I can get with coaching as well and are you able to cut your teeth to some degree and dip your toe in uh in the current setup with it you know are you, are you would you have that relationship where you would go to Brian you'd go to the coaches and say I was really excited by this thing that we did in training or have we can we think about doing this would you how do you see that role emerging over the next couple of years um they're definitely encouraging us to take a lot of ownership about the direction that we want to play um which is really exciting like um, Chris has come in as our attack coach and he's put a little uh, group together where we have a little WhatsApp group where we throw in ideas. He's always asking for feedback around how we're thinking sessions are going and what direction we want to go. So that's really cool. Um, like he's challenging us to like bring the best out of each other, which is yeah, super exciting. And that's a great way, surely, to develop a squad at this point as well, when you are so early in the pro contract stages, to be able to have those opinions coming forward. Is that important to you? Yeah, I think we want to develop a real identity and a real pride about the way that we play. So when people come and watch us at Damn Health, they know what they're going to see because we're playing a brand of rugby that suits us and that we're passionate about and that we're excited to get on the pitch together and play because we've had a say in how we're going to do it. Um, and it's going to take a little bit of time to, to get that going really well. But actually, once it does click, I think that's going to be super exciting. It'll be a really exciting brand of rugby to watch and to play. And hopefully that only like has a knock-on effect for more people coming to watch and stuff. And to, to building the game, ultimately, too. And, and one of the key markers for growing women's rugby in Scotland was the first Rugby World Cup appearance in 12 years. And we did mention that briefly earlier. But for you, for that moment when you found out that you had made that squad, how did you feel? Oh, it's an absolute dream come true. And like completely surreal, to be honest with you. Um, Only made more surreal by the fact that like, uh, they are my best friends like this I absolutely went to New Zealand with my best mates and a lot of us stayed afterwards as well because we get on so well and we want to spend more time with each other out there and um, yeah like it was such an incredible experience um, obviously results didn't go our way and we'll reflect on like how we can be better um, but there's lots that I'm really proud of as well and um, yeah it was super cool and there's something about that meeting with Wales isn't there <laughs> There's so much history with that tie and for it to have been cl- so close in New Zealand too. Um, looking to, I guess, the y- the next couple of years for you and the, the, the matches that you learn most about yourself from, is there a particular game or a particular opposition that brings something out in you? Or do you are you the type of player that has just a, a desire to grow game by game? How do you approach, what's your mindset when you go into a tournament like the TikTok Women's Six Nations? Um, I definitely think it has to be game by game like when we've got to we're at a point now where we've changed a lot so we actually have to 
like just make sure that we're sticking to what we want to do and our identity on a pitch and like making sure that we're really true to who we want to be as people and as players when we go out there um so it, it kind of should be irrelevant on opposition obviously like you're right about Wales like it brings out a little extra bit of bit of spice and a bit of passion like the last few meetings have been so close so that's definitely a game that I'm super excited for especially first one at home for this Six Nations as well like that's super exciting and just on that the damn health it's such an amazing stadium isn't yeah. it and, 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 and sort of feeling the feeling the crowd and feeling the the shape of that stadium it's yeah. it, it has a the Scotland women's games there are it's, it's a, such a good day out it's yeah. just a brilliant brilliant day out and it's great for the kids to see it too but what does it mean to you playing in front of a packed out crowd how important is that to you yeah it's it's really important um I remember the USA game in our warm-ups to World Cup and Run Rig and Loch Lomond playing and I remember just standing there like beaming ear to ear and I couldn't take the smile off my face I knew we were there to do a job and it like absolutely was completely committed and focused on that job but just that moment before kickoff and just taking it all in and allowing myself to just enjoy it for a minute was incredibly special um, and hopefully like those the people there the crowd creates that atmosphere and um for most people, I think you probably play your best rugby when you're enjoying yourself. So um, Dam Health definitely provides an opportunity to do that. And I guess that's the advice, isn't it, to the, the uncapped or the early caps? Take it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It goes like that. Um, like It's been a, just over a year that I've been involved in this squad and it's gone by in a blink of an eye. Um, so yeah, just got to soak up those moments and, and enjoy it. Um, like it's meant to be fun. Oh, I love that. It is, isn't it? And before before I let you go and soak it up, I'm sure you've got much more to do uh, this afternoon. But before I let you go and do that, we, we need to talk about Worcester Warriors as well a wee bit. And, um, you know, the Premier 15s, you mentioned your leadership role, I guess, and the, the fact that you take quite an active role down at the club. What does that look like? Um, so I've had Lana and I have actually captained together a few times um, this season. Um, we have a really talented squad. Um, quite young in some areas so um it's i take a lot of pride and enjoyment out of uh trying to lead lead that group on and off the field um sometimes it's just little things like always showing up with the right training behaviors and um and then other times it's like putting in your ideas about how we can be better and making sure that in analysis that like we're highlighting things that can help like individually and everyone around us and stuff so um yeah, it's a role that is a challenge, but it's really enjoyable. Um, Joey App at Worcester is an incredible coach and an incredible mentor, like for both the leadership side of things and the rugby side of things. So I feel really lucky to to be in that environment. Well, enjoy your rugby. It's just so lovely speaking to you, Katie. It's really it's very eye opening to see how you're managing to balance it all too, and it's great to see that leadership enjoyment. And I'm sure that's something that you'd ultimately like to bring into the Scotland setup too. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, Rachel Markham and Nelly, like, there's so many incredible leaders in this group. But like, there's always bits where, um, like, if there's little things that I think I can feed in on, then I will. But we've got such a good relationship. Um, amongst those like players and especially those senior players that are leading from the front um yeah if I can contribute in any way then I would absolutely love to and if that's just doing my job on the pitch um that's also like great for me as well like I just want to help in any way I can no matter what that role is
Well, you do that job very, very well. We wish you all the very best, Katie Mattinson. Thank you so, so much for your time. That's it for this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast. As always, you can keep up to date with the latest news and content via scottishrugby.org or via the social media channels, of which the Scotland women's team are very active (laughs) via their social media channels too.